Welcome to Write Way, a podcast that empowers writers to become successful authors by offering a truly no-bullshit look behind the curtain of the publishing industry. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You want to write a book, but you have no idea where to start. Should you hire an editor? Should you just self-publish? Should you just give up and hide under a rock? Write Way is here to put the power back in your hands. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, a CEO and founder of writewayco.com and a published author myself. I teach one thing. Writing is about more than just craft. It's also a business, and it's imperative to understand the ins and outs of this industry so that you become your own best advocate. So if you're ready to stake your claim as an author, let us show you exactly how to do it the right way. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Right Way podcast. Um... Episode four, I don't know what day it is, what time it is, what week it is. I do know what month it is, but we are all in quarantine and shit is real. <laughs> did, you, did you ever think when we started this podcast that we'd have a quarantine episode? Um, No, I did not, actually. Like, it's it's been really interesting and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about quarantine because I feel like everybody is just over it. So we are actually going to bring you some pretty actionable advice today. And real fucking content. Yeah, real content about, you know, everyone wants to write a book, of course. And we've talked about that. We've talked about the industry. We've talked about ways to make money. But what we have not yet discussed is really why agents and editors don't want your book, like don't want to read your book, don't want to publish your book, don't want to offer you a deal for your book, because it's a very, very real thing, especially in our industry. We work with so many clients who want to get published. That's the whole point is aspiring writers come to us to become published authors. But then when we get to that submission ready stage, so many people have already tried to submit and gotten rejected or they just, it's not a step that they put a lot of thought into. Um, Not even on a like, this is how you write a query letter and this is what agent you pitched to, but on an actual like deep level, there are so many common mistakes that I think we all make that if we troubleshoot ahead of time, we can avoid entirely and it will make the submission process so much easier don't you think yeah i totally i mean this is like because we're out here to try to help writers get published and 95 percent of our clients are writers that have already been through the gauntlet already been through uh submitting to a, a full database of agents and no one is picking up their shit and in our opinion um i think we've identified a list of potential bad habits that new and emerging and also in some cases veteran writers are making that is impeding the process of them getting their manuscript under the eyes of an agent and getting their manuscript sold for publication. Absolutely. And you and I were talking about this recently um, and you said something so profound that I was like, yes, this nails it. So when, (laughs) when you get to the editing process, like say you're editing the book yourself or you're giving it to beta readers or you're hiring somebody to do it or you're pitching it and someone professional is actually going to read it. Something you need to ask yourself right off the bat is, do you really want notes or do you want someone to just tell you that it's good? I think like, and you and I have decided that this is like the top of the heap. This is where all of the other 
disorders and fucking bullshit that writers do all sort of trickles down from this fundamental thing. It's it's so huge. Yes. Yeah, it's so huge. And I I I we get it. We get it. We're both writers. We get it. There 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 it's precious. You it it's cherishable and we understand that. But uh it's also something that you want to sell and it's also something that you want people to read. And if you're making this move, this next step um or if you're looking for a last ditch effort because your submission efforts already haven't haven't worked, you've exercised all those options. Um, this is this is the question to ask yourself. This is the harsh truth to face. I find it so interesting that you will pay someone for a service to make your work better or your product better or your business better, but then you will fight the entire way through to keep your initial vision. And I think this is something that's really common, not just in the writing worlds, but across business in general. And, you know, I always say like your first idea is not your last idea. And sometimes we treat like our book, our product, like it's the only idea <laughs> that we're ever going to have and it has to stay completely intact or else. And when you get to a stage of you want your book published, you want your book out in the world for people to read you have to be willing to tear it apart, to get rid of the majority of your initial idea and to really watch it evolve because we have said it a million times, but your book is a product. It Again, it's not your baby. You should, at some point, you have to emotionally detach from it in order for it to become what it needs to become. Now, I will say, if you want to be in the traditional publishing world, there is a certain element of having to play the game and having to be a team player and having to mold your work into something that your editor and your publisher sees for a vision. Uh, Now, a lot of people are like, nope, I do want to just be told that it's good and I don't want to take notes and I don't want to do this or that. And that is when self-publishing or maybe one of those hybrid publishing models might be more up your alley. But if you are wanting to step it up, go to the traditional world, get paid for your work, step on that big stage, then you have to be willing to take constructive criticism, constructive feedback and turn it into something else. But I think... I think this is where it gets really overwhelming for a lot of people is, and you and I have discussed this and we're, we're kind of coming up with this new program to address this very issue, but say you write a book, an entire book, and then you're going to give it to somebody to read or pay an editor and they give you their notes and it is so overwhelming. Like you don't know what to do with it. You don't know where to start. You don't know if you, if you even agree with it or you don't. Um, so this is something that's like really difficult too, I think in the editing world, and it's really hard to process that feedback if you have to fundamentally change what you've created. But, and, but the reality is you may have to, you may have to, I've had to do it every time I've had to, I've had to rewrite my book. So I'm on book four and with the exception of my first book, I've had to completely rewrite my book at the 11th hour every single time in order to kind of fit in to my specific genre or to troubleshoot an issue that I wish I had known about like at the beginning and then 
but I didn't. And then I ended up writing 400 pages about it. And then I have to go and undo it. And I will tell you, every time I've gone through that, as painful and as uncomfortable as it is, it has made me see the story in a different light. It has made me become a more aware writer, um, a less attached writer. Yeah. On the note of like less attached writer, if you've written a manuscript for you know, six months, a year, whatever. If you've toiled away on this manuscript and perhaps the only other eyes and the only other point of view on that manuscript besides yourself is maybe like your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or girlfriend or your lover or whatever, someone who maybe has a stake in your emotional well-being and you don't, I, I'm telling you right now that that manuscript has to change at some point because there is a, there is a myopic and narrow view on that manuscript and the problem with being married to your work and the problem with wanting to get lauded over having real constructive notes that's going to give way to change in your manuscript. Uh, the, the, the problem is, is that, I, nah, I lost my train of thought. I got so <laughs> furious, Rhea, that I lost uh, my it, train of It totally happens. I don't know. I don't know. Don't marry yourself to your work. No, it has to change. And I mean, I, I used to be really guilty of this, like as an early writer or just as a writer that used to like, you know, write love letters to people. Like I used to, that used to be my thing. Like if I had a boyfriend, I would write them letters. I've always loved letter writing. And the point was to make someone feel something. And I mean, I think that that's the whole point when we're writing anything. We're writing to entertain, we're writing to inform, we're writing to educate or scare or make someone think a certain way. And again, we've said it before, but you know, your story will not be universally loved by everyone. It's not going to be universally hated. A long time ago, I used to kind of be like, nope, I would write something and then if someone would give me, uh, you know, feedback, I'd be like, no, I don't agree with that. I totally don't agree with that. And now, I mean, I can't wait to get constructive feedback and to tell me like, nope, this doesn't work. And now I do think there can be too many cooks in the kitchen and you can get too many different points of view. And that's why I think you have to be very thoughtful in this process. So, But you have to get past that first stage though. And I do think you touched on a great, maybe the thing that I was trying to say before, when you were writing, you know, writing lo love letters or writing notes, uh, you were writing it to, to try to communicate your feelings to someone else. A lot of times when we write or when we have that manuscript or that story idea that we've been hanging on to for a long time, the first, like the first audience, the first reader that we're really writing that for might be ourselves. And uh, I think the issue with like toiling away on that manuscript and never letting getting to that stage of letting another person outside of your maybe your, your first inner circle, uh, allowing them to, to read it and give some feedback on it is that you might still just be writing for yourself. And that goes to our second point is so many writers. Yes, you're writing for yourself, of course. But if you want to be taken seriously and you want to publish work and get paid for your work. You have to think of the reader. You have to think of the readers. The readers, yes. Who do you want to pick this up? And in the state it's in, would they? But I know a lot of people, they're like, no, you have to write what you want to write. Like, sure, but you also have to study the market. And this is this is especially true for 
for nonfiction, of course, but fiction as well. Like you have to study your competition. You have to look at what's out there. Look at what people are buying. Again, we've we've talked about this in in certain ways, but when you sit down to write a story, you have those readers in mind. You know, you can kind of like dissect you know, take five books in your genre. And I bet if you dissect them, they're going to hit certain points at certain times or have things in common. And we're not saying write a similar book at all, but you do have to think about your readers and not just what, what you enjoy. You get so close to your work that it's hard to see it objectively. Absolutely. And I think then, the, you know, the counter argument often when we bring up stuff like this is like, you've got to write for a reader. You've got to keep your readers in mind is, you know, a lot of, a lot of like, uh, well, I should, you know, I write for me or I should enjoy it. You should enjoy writing a book for other people. If you're looking to enjoy it yourself, then write the fucking manuscript and just revisit it whenever you want to jerk yourself off. But if you actually want to, write a book that someone wants to read, then you have to write for a reader. And I'm telling you that feedback that you get from readers, like just the other day, like I, I get, I get emails all the time and messages on social media, just saying like how much my books have impacted people. And that, that is the entire reason to do this as a writer, like being able to touch someone like that and being able to impact them. But the other day I got a direct message on Instagram from who I I thought it was a woman, you know, saying like my second book, Because Your Mind's the best book she's ever read and going on. This girl was 14 years old and it was so awesome to me to have a teenager reach out to me and kind of go on and on about that. And she's like, I know you're so busy and you probably don't have time. I'll never hear back from you. And so I sent her two of my first book and then the book that's just coming out um, in the mail, just like as a, as a gift. But when you connect with readers on that level and you realize like, oh no, I, you know, I've connected that way or I, I don't know, like your work makes it, into someone's heart or mind that way and they're thinking about your work long after the last page you know then you're really going beyond just writing for yourself and again we're not saying like you can't write what you enjoy of course but I think approaching it this way no you should enjoy writing writing it for being read if that's for being read absolutely and if you're getting the same feedback so say you write something and you hand it off to five people and five people send it back and they're like I just I'm not getting this or like, or everyone's like, no, it's great. I mean, I've worked on so many manuscripts that, you know, I've been told like, oh, I've had, you know, five, 10 people read this and they're all just, they all love it. And then I get into it and I'm like, no, like this is, (laughs) this is just not submission ready. And there's some disconnect there. So I think, I think you have to be very specific about who you have read your work as well. And I mean, we've, you know, like keep it outside the family keep it outside of friends even. I do think that, I mean, my piece of advice is find an editor or find someone who is really, really good, you know, has that keen eye, but then definitely find a reader, find a reader who reads these types of books. Now those are going to be two opposite reads. One's going to be looking for mistakes and ways to improve. And one is just going to, you know, be looking to enjoy the read. But I think that feedback that you get 
is really interesting. And those are always the two places I say to start, like find an editor or someone with an editorial eye and find a reader in your genre and see how they differ. Um, I mean, I, again, I think it's a great place to start, but I also think just like a cardinal, cardinal rule that so many writers fall upon and kind of use it as like a crutch. Cause I did too, is like, I'm a pantser. I don't plot. I don't think about my story. I just sit down and write. And sometimes that works brilliantly for people who do it over and over and over and over again. Like you hear about a lot of big writers that like, I don't plot, but it's because they're fucking awesome at their craft because they do it every day. Yeah. But, and I would, I would also, I would also challenge that and say at one point or another, those writers who say they don't plot did plot and they learned the rules before they learned how to break it, them. Well, well, exactly, exactly. And I mean, let's talk about this in terms of, because this does move into our next point. Like, let's talk about like, what what makes a, a book enjoyable for a reader? And, you know, I think this is one of them. I mean, obviously like the movement and the trajectory of a plot is like the driving force of a reader getting through a book. Um, and uh, I think you're absolutely right that like, you have to be really fucking good at this craft before you start rolling into a manuscript and be like, I'm going to see, I'm I'm going to let the story uh, tell itself. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, you want, you know, you look at all of the best-selling novels and, you know, that main character goes through some sort of transformation, uh, which is is lacking, sure, in like a lot of first drafts or a lot of, you know, first-time authors taking a stab at it. And if you can if you can prepare yourself and find, I mean, there's so many tools out there and so many, you know, plotting books and things online that you can find, but we're doing something right now um, for people for free, like during this quarantine where it's basically writing your book in 30 days. But we took this prep week and we took a a methodology from Save the Cat Writes a Novel, uh, which is the screenplay methodology. And we had all of these writers, ourselves included, map out their book uh, in one week and really go through every single plot point, working on your character, knowing how it's all going to go. And of course it can change. But when you have that to refer to and then you sit down to write, you're sitting down to write with a plan. You're sitting down to write a specific scene. You're sitting down to write... And you're going somewhere versus just writing, you know, 300 pages that you end up having to trash because it did not have a structure in place. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, even your novice reader, not just, you know, uh, experienced professional readers or editors, I'm talking about your novice reader knows when you're bullshitting. When I hear a writer say something like, oh, I'm not a plotter, I don't plot my novel, all I hear is like, Oh, I don't really want to do that work. And, and that's the thing. I mean, again, we, we've said that statistic of like 80 to 90% of people want to write a book, but what, there are only 45,000 working published traditional authors in the world right now or in the country right now. I mean, that is such a small little subset of people because this is not easy and it does take a certain amount of work and thought and you have to approach it like a business. And I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, there's nothing about it that's easy. Um, but it's not supposed to be, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can, it's still the only thing that I can do when I sit down to write 
where I do lose all sense of time and it's so much fun. But once like the writing part is fun, but what comes after isn't always fun, but it always gets you to a better place. And I think if you really want a career in this and you really want to go after it, like then you have to be willing, you have to be so open to change, open to feedback, uh, not egotistical and not getting your ego involved, which is such a huge thing. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, our uh, number four, number four is, uh, I mean, you would, you would be surprised at the amount of manuscripts that have crossed our desk and as quote unquote done or submission ready and are just loaded loaded with copy and formatting mistakes loaded if an agent is coming across your material and on the first page there are errors everywhere then you're not going to be taken seriously i mean this isn't saying you like have from to, the get-go that's or like, maybe your manuscript's clean but then your query letter is awful or it, it's you know that has a bunch of or it's addressed to the wrong person or i mean these are all the details like you know, step one is definitely, I think, thinking of your reader. Step two is, you know, crafting a story that will actually sell. Step three is writing that book. Step four is editing that book or getting it edited. Step five is like research the shit out of your market and who you're sending it to and and taking that time. And I think we're all just in such a rush. We're all in such a rush to get to the result. The thing of it is, is that there's no, there's no excuse if you're sitting at your laptop writing this manuscript and you can't figure out if, uh, you know, semicolon or do I use a semicolon or a period or an M dash or, you know, close quotes or what, look it up. Google it. It's right fucking there. Well, it is. And I mean, there's, again, there's no one standard for editing, of course. And every editor, everyone who gets their hands on your work will touch it in a different way. And, you know, editing such a precarious thing because you don't want, you want the writer's voice to come through, obviously. And, and again, that's, that's that like fine line of, of being really precious about your material or, you know, stepping back and letting it become what it needs to be. But you have to find people that you trust. And that is something that we offer with our business where we will edit the first five pages for free so you can see if you even like that style or if if it makes sense to you or if you're gonna you know if you you've got to like really feel good about your material changing and who's working on it um so there's a lot of trust I mean I feel like there's a lot of trust in this business that people don't often talk about um everything is a relationship you have a relationship with your readers first. You have a relationship with yourself. You have a relationship with your agent and your team. Um, it's and, and I don't think we're often prepared for that. How much communication and feedback and asking questions all comes into play under this writing umbrella, under this publishing umbrella. Like it's not just I'm going to sit down to write and put out this beautiful thing and everyone's going to read it and that's that like it's I don't know where that stereotype came from or where that idea came from but it's it's just simply not true I mean this is a job and it's a great job I would rather I mean I love it so much but I'm loving what we're we're bringing to people because 
there is so much about all of this that we don't discuss enough and people need to know why they are getting rejected. I mean, that's that's huge. Like rejection is just part of it. Everyone's going to get rejected. You hear that all the time. That sounds a little cliche, but but how about you like troubleshoot that so you don't get rejected? Like we're telling you all this stuff like. Well, and you're going to, I mean, the fact of the matter is you're probably going to get rejected more times than you're going to get accepted. So. All you need is, I, I say this to my clients all the time. All you need is one yes. One yes is so much easier to go after than 50 yeses. And I see that mistake all the time when it comes to pitching of sending out to 150 agents, 300 agents, 50 agents, instead of, again, really doing your research and only sending it to the few that you actually really want in the first place. Like, again, we're so eager for that yes and so eager for that result that I feel like we don't take enough time we just don't take enough time to figure out what we even want out of this. And then and then we we rush to say yes or we get rejected so many times that we just give up or ah, no, I've written this book, but I don't want to invest in myself and get it professionally edited because who knows if I'm going to get it published anyway. Like, I feel like that's just the thought process around it. So I think you have to really figure out, like, if you want this then yeah, you're going to have to invest time and money. You're going to have to do the research. You're going to have to sit down and figure out a strategy that actually works for you. But you need one. You need a strategy to make it in this business. And I mean, I think a lot of that is, uh, you know, really, really related to our our next point, which is like, you know, or this this point of like um, the ego, the leaving the ego and it really like, the sake of like doing, making choices in your writing or in your pursuit of getting, of submission, uh, really letting your ego uh, affect a lot of your, your choices. And we say it all the time. You, if you want to, you really want to do this, you got to be prepared to leave that ego. And out. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure why ego is in it so much. Maybe because, you know, writing is such a vulnerable thing and like you're going to be judged for it and you're going to agree and disagree with certain things and I, I remember like back in the day it used to just kind of be like you know there's a stereotype of this like white male writer and so egotistical like the white male novelist and all this shit tweed that's, jacket and spectacle yeah tweed jacket exactly and like that's kind of the the image I actually <laughs> had in my head and when I first got published I mean I've been blown away by the lack of ego, actually, especially in my specific genre, like they are the nicest group of people. And maybe because we're all writing about like death and murder and weird things happening that we're just getting that out of our systems. And so we're we're just kind of like nice, ordinary people. But everyone, I don't know, I, I think you you have to really spend a lot of time around the goals part of this too and the results part of this and what you want and if you tie if you tie up your success in making a list or or getting a huge book deal or getting all of these accolades and awards that's that's very fleeting and it's not going to fulfill you on like a deep level of really loving this business um cuz you have to love not only you have to love what you do but you have to love everything that comes with it and it's not always pretty like no industry is right but there's just not a lot of room for ego. Like you have to be, you have to be willing to learn and grow and fail a bunch and make mistakes. And you're not going to get out of this unscathed. Yeah. That's the mark of a pro. I mean, 
the egotistical artist or the egotistical writer that doesn't think they've done anything wrong or doesn't think that they made any mistakes or doesn't think that they need to be corrected, that is the mark of a novice. That is not the mark of a veteran because a pro or a veteran is always like, is always looking to, to change. That's, that's the mark. That's how you really can separate um, uh, you know, a, a, a professional from, from a novice and someone that I think is, is gonna, is gonna be successful and someone that, that probably won't. I, I mean, completely. And I mean, I think, you know, the whole successful term is so general and broad, like you have to sit down and, and figure out what that means to you. I've said it before, but my idea of success, especially as a writer, has really changed over time. I mean, I was very naive going into all of this and, had all these like goals that I, I think weren't really even mine when I started to dissect them. And honestly, through this, through this quarantine and being at home, I feel like people are so uncomfortable, like being still and not consuming, but I've really used this time to create and not consume and to spend time with myself and revisiting my goals and my life and what I want. And and it, it will always change. It changes. It can change from day to day, week to week, month to month. But I'm going to be honest. I've done a little bit of both. <laughs> I've created a little, but I've also consumed a lot. Well, I think we were all consuming in the beginning. And then, and then again, like, you know, your brain is only meant to startle so much. It can't live in that perpetual state of, of being startled and, and being afraid. We're trying to just really look at everything and dissect everything that we're doing. And I think if you're thinking about writing a book right now or scared shitless like about your job and like, oh, well, I have a dream of of writing, but now I especially can't make any money at it. So not true. I've actually talked to a lot of agents who are acquiring right now, a lot of editors. It's kind of business as usual. And it's a wonderful time to get serious about your craft and to finish the book, to get the book edited, to have someone look at it and assess it and and put your work out there. And be ready for it to change. Be ready for it to change. I mean, that's such a... And it, you will not believe, if you're willing to like open yourself up to that, Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like we, like we said, we get it. Like a note hurts, man. But why? Why? Why does it hurt? You know, like why? Well, well, because a note seems like you didn't do something right the first time. And there is no right or wrong. Like that's the thing. It's it's all subjective. Right. Exactly. And the perception is a note, a good note is not about what you've done, but it's about what you could do. So like, why not? Why not open yourself up to like the possibility that this note is actually creating a dozen more uh, potential uh, aspects, dynamics to what you've written than than saying that what you've done is wrong. Exactly. Oh my God, there is no right or wrong in this industry. Like people need to wipe that completely away. And you, I mean, it is a constant learning process. We all feel like imposters. I mean, every time you sit down to write a book, it's like, what the fuck? I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? Do I even, you know, I think if I had, when I sat down to write Not Her Daughter, I I had not written fiction in over a decade. And if I'd really let myself go there, I would have been like, I have no business trying to write and sell a novel right now because I, I, I mean, who am I? Like, I'm not doing it day after day after day. And um, but I didn't let myself have that self-doubt. And I think self-doubt is really what gets in the way of being able to take 
feedback. It's not an attack on you as a human being and you being a terrible person. It's your work and you have to be willing to grow and change and be open uh, to the possibility of getting better. I mean, it's the same, you know, terrible cliche with like sports, but you know, if you're winning all of the time, like what the fuck are you learning? Nothing. Like, I think you always learn more when you have to push and dig and make it better regardless of what industry you're in. And even as a human being, like we're so resistant to change. I have no idea why. Like we cling to our thoughts and our comfort zones and our idea of what's right at the expense of discovering something else and something better. And it's the same, it's the same with your work. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to have like, even Joe, you as an editor, like we've been exchanging our work. We're both working on books and my work is already so much better just from having his eyes on it. And 100%. Yeah. 122%. 117 <laughs> So we had the biggest laughing attack because we realized we say 100% about 100% of the fucking time in this podcast. <laughs> So now our new thing is like we have to say some odd percentage instead. Ninety-two percent. Yeah, ninety-two point three percent correct. Um, <laughs> well, and if you know the here's the silver lining: if uh, you were nervous about writing a manuscript before, um, <laughs> hopefully this aggressive approach to this topic <laughs> makes you even more nervous. Yes, but I we, mean it's uh, like we're not nervous enough already. <laughs> I know. Stay tuned. Though. I mean, we uh, and. You know, Rhea and I, are, we're really committed to, like, helping foster new writers and make sure that the books do, your your book does get out. And we've got, you know, we, we've got some exciting stuff coming. We're going to introduce a, a, a new service here um, in the next, in the next couple weeks. It's uh, amazing. No one's doing it. especially suited to this. No one's doing it. And we're really doing our best to, like, bring all of the dynamics that we think works well in our approach to this sort of combined combined approach. So so definitely stay tuned to that. Stay tuned. Um, I hope everybody's quarantine is going great. You know, guys, like, yeah, just, I mean, I know it's so overwhelming and everybody has a million pieces of advice, but I will say I feel so much mentally better the moment I decided to just like refocus on things I could actually do and things I could control versus just like sitting and having all this information come in and then you feel like you can't do anything. Just find a normal, like a new normal. These are peculiar times and we are, we recognize the fact that we're, we're very grateful to be able to even do this podcast right now. Um, and for everyone out there that's having a tough time, obviously our hearts are with you. For people that do have the opportunity to maybe sit down and think about the creative process and think about writing a book and uh, honestly have that time uh, to utilize, I think uh, I think this is the, the goal here is like this is absolutely right. This, let's make that let's make that time count. You know? Yeah. And if if you don't know, like if you want to write a book right now or you have a little bit of time and you want to kind of map things out, like go to rightwayco.com. We actually have a free 30-day um, template for how to map out your novel um, right there on our homepage. You can access it. It's yours uh, to do with what you want. And remember, yeah, remember, if you've got a manuscript finished or even if you're in the midst of one, 
uh, and you're and you're thinking about handing over pages to someone to take a look, someone hopefully that you trust, hopefully that's someone that's going to be a little bit more than a little less than biased. Uh, make sure you take that question into consideration. Do you really want these notes, or are you just looking for someone to tell you that it's good? And if the second thing is true, then go back, go back and figure it out. Good is boring. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Thanks for listening to Right Way. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate or review this episode. And if there's something you want to hear, head on over to rightwayco.com and let us know. Until next time.